So I want to get pretty tangible and practical today. Um, I want to break down DE&I, but from a really tactical and deep perspective. So we're going to talk about process agreements and the decision-making protocol when it comes to process agreements. Now, a lot of you may be thinking, well, number one, what is a process agreement? Number two, why is there a decision-making protocol? And number three, most importantly, how does this even connect to DE&I? Well, there's two elements of DE&I that I think are really interesting that everyone should be thinking about, right? Diversity and then inclusion. Now, from a diversity perspective, every single person has a different perspective, diverse perspectives, diverse opinions, diverse ways of making a decision or conducting and structuring a process or executing a task or coming up with an initiative, right? And everyone's opinion should be heard, right? Also, from an inclusion perspective, everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to be recognized, right? Everyone wants to be able to feel safe to push back against something they don't believe in or something they feel should be done differently or, or, or something that's done incorrectly. Everyone wants to feel safe. Everyone wants to feel included, right? And so for me, when we're thinking about every single team within, a, within an organization that has to make decisions, right? We have to think about an employee's first mentality and, and, and we have to think about putting in processes to make sure the decision-making structure within those teams that happen every single day of the year within organizations is done utilizing and respecting diversity, respecting inclusion, but at the same time getting to the best outcome for the brand, right? And so process agreements are good things to put in place because at the end of the day, what you can do with a process agreement, uh, overall discussion and strategy, you'll know inevitably how you conduct and get something done that is incredibly important for the company and you know you're doing it from the angle that everyone can appreciate no matter where they come from, no matter what their skill sets are, no matter what their overall perspectives are, and they'll feel included, right? So that's a little bit of a background on that. So the first thing I, I try to put in place is uh, the conditions for acceptance. So before entering any discussion, right, a discussion meaning you're coming down to the table you know, it could be virtually, it could be in person, and you're trying to decide your podcast strategy. You're trying to decide a product adjustment. You're trying to decide a marketing initiative. You're trying to decide to to to, to readjust someone's position and work for whatever it's going to be, right? Um, before entering a discussion about whatever you're going to be discussing, we all agree on the decision making method and fallback, plus the date that we need the decision made, right? So that is inclusive. That is definitely going to be diverse and everyone at the end of the day has to be on board. Now that can be a very treacherous process to go through. I always recommend the chief people officers are the one that lead these processes and or educates leaders of teams to figure out how to do so uh, in their own way. But again, I'm going to repeat this one more time. Before entering the discussion, we all shall agree on the decision-making method and fallback and the date when this decision needs to be made. The second thing we must do, right? Is before diving into a solution, we all create an opportunity or problem statement. Once again, both of these initiatives, both of these tasks starting this process are very much inclusive. Why? Because they're literally involving everyone's opinion and perspective. Now, I always like to lean into the fact that there's an overall head facilitator of this process, right? So I always say the chief people officer should either be that and or the, the head of the department, right? A CMO in a marketing example would be the, the strategic guider of that. Or if I'm being very honest with you, it could be someone that just has a great strategic uh, facilitating background, someone that is... Um, 
can has excelled and, and has excelled and will excel in making sure everyone feels comfortable. Um, someone that has a great personality, someone has a great relationship with everyone on the team and the department. Um, Something like that, right? So the third thing it says is at the beginning of our discussion, we will determine boundaries and, and givens when it comes to time sensitivity variables, cost, hassles, impact, what 80% looks like, what 100% looks like, what a perfect decision looks like, right? Again, inclusive. This is amazing, right? The fourth step, uh, we will provide a business case, appropriate justification for our decision, including cost and benefit, and we will define what an appropriate business case is, right? Because everyone can have a business case for something. You know, a business case to acquire a podcast, for instance, which MindStand did, um, could have made completely different sense to Michael versus Nikita, for example, who are some of the founders here. Um, so if they didn't align on those those decisions, if both parties weren't heard and respected, we probably wouldn't have got to a productive decision, right? Uh, the next step here is, um, during the, during our conversations, we will advocate and inquire, meaning we will not hold back. For instance, we will acknowledge assumptions and facts, right? And so pretty much in my opinion, what this means is there won't be any assumptions. There won't be any moments where folks are being disrespected by having assumptions. Um, folks will also, you know, the fact that we're having a great facilitator, the great, the fact that we love each other, we're honest with each other and transparent with each other. We won't hold anything back. Um, I love this step as well. And then they said, to create the best solutions, we will also think about alternative ways to test our solutions. Devil's advocate. I love this as well, because inevitably what happens is if you look at any relationship, and that's all a company is, it's a bunch of different relationships and silos and teams and departments, et cetera. Um, if you look at any relationship, in any moment where someone's trying to beat their, beat their chest and say, hey, I have an idea, I have a different way of going about something. The best way to do it is always to give it life, give it a moment, give it a possibility, give it, give it a chance. And what I mean by that is I hate when leaders of departments, and I've talked about this at scale within this podcast, I hate when leaders of departments spend, I hate when leaders of departments don't spend enough time, don't spend enough time really figuring out how everyone's idea, no matter how big or small, no matter how right or wrong, no matter how good or bad, can be tested. I really, really, really am looking for that. Um, I, I believe I've, I've tried to do that within the companies that I've built. I've tried to do that within the teams that I've led. Um, everyone's decision or, or, or idea, rather, or perspective, rather, should be tested to some degree. So I love that, right? Um, it's a very equitable thing to do. We find ourselves in an, at an impasse. We will call a timeout and calm down and acquire more technical information, right? And so if someone's, someone's, if two different parties are trying to determine a decision and they cannot come to, the, to an agreement, what needs to happen then is there needs to be more objective data that's brought to the table to, to activate the objective mind, right? A lot of times within teams and organizations, ego can get in the way. Emotions can get in the way, and that's never a great idea. Um, so you want to so you want to bring in a little bit more objective data that it, and, and say, hey, look, from this point forward, we are now moving more in an objective point of view rather than an emotional point of view and a personal, you know, stylistic point of view. Um, so I'll pause there because I've given you a lot of information, but I wanted to share like you see like this is a very, very tactical, detailed breakdown of what it looks like to really create 
um, a decision-making framework that really embeds DE&I at its bones and at its core. And um, I'm hoping you all appreciated this. So as always, my name is AJ Vaughn, uh, the, the head of partnerships here with MindStand, and I appreciate you all for listening. Thanks a lot.